Welcome to Church on the Edge, a podcast designed to challenge you and help you rethink what church is and what church should be. This is your host, Dan Armistead. You can learn more about me on my website, danarmistead.com, and follow me through my regular post under the heading of Church on the Edge on both medium.com and substack.com, where I invite and challenge you to live life on the edge like Jesus. Welcome to Season 5 of our Church on the Edge podcast. It's been a busy summer as Sherry and I have moved from Pensacola, Florida to High Point, North Carolina, where I'm now serving as the pastor of Embrace Church, a multicultural church right here in the United States with men and women and boys and girls from all kinds of backgrounds, nationalities, and cultures, but all of them confessing Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. I'm excited about season five. We're going to be examining together some pearls of great price. In Matthew chapter 13, verse 45, Jesus compares the kingdom of heaven to a merchant searching for fine pearls. And through his diligent searching, this merchant finds a pearl like none he's ever seen. And so he goes and sells everything he has to purchase that pearl. It meant that much to him. It was that valuable. What a perfect description of God's kingdom. As we begin to see the beauty of the kingdom of God, its wisdom and ways as seen in the teaching of Jesus, we are captivated, enthralled, and our lives are changed forever. Things that once seemed so important, so valuable, well, they lose their appeal. While those things we neglected or never really thought that much about take on new meaning, new value as we begin to understand where life is really found, really experienced to the fullest. You know, I find myself so many times speculating on Jesus' stories There is a depth in their brevity and simplicity, and and I believe our Lord does that deliberately. It's his way of inviting us to think deeply about what he is saying and about what his words mean for our lives personally and, and individually. I like to think about that merchant in the parable. Eugene Peterson, in his translation, The Message, describes that merchant like this. He says he's on the hunt. That is, he's diligent. He's searching. And he isn't satisfied with what he's found so far. And then one day he sees it, the the perfect pearl, like none he's ever seen. But I wonder how many others saw that same pearl and, well, just passed it by. They took a cursory glance, but they kept on going because they had no idea what they were seeing in that pearl. Several years ago, I heard about a Texas man who was attending a gym show in Tucson, Arizona, when he spotted in a bin with several other stones one that caught his eye. He asked the seller about it and was told that he would sell it to him for $15, so he offered the man $10, and they agreed, and he bought it. 
Then he had it appraised. At the time, it was the world's largest sapphire stone at over $2 million of value. Think about all the people who passed that stone by. <laughs> Just another rock. Nothing appealing about it, but for this gem collector from Texas who was on the hunt for something valuable, it wasn't just another stone. It was the find of a lifetime. That's the way it is with God's kingdom. Like a mustard seed, it's so easily overlooked, so easily missed. Jesus told us that it was. You need eyes to see and ears to hear. He said over and over to those who gathered to hear him teach on the mountain or by the seashore or on the plain. And so many just went their way, caught up in the worries of the riches, the distractions of this world, and they missed that pearl of great price that Jesus offered. The way to life is narrow, Jesus told us, and few find it. The Apostle Paul tells us in his first letter to the church in Corinth that the wisdom of God seems foolish to those caught on the treadmill of this world and its dead-end wisdom. And the strength of God seen most clearly in the bloodstained cross of his son, says Paul, well, it seems like weakness to those who are building their lives on the dog-eat-dog -dog philosophies that govern this world in which we live. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Those were Jesus' first words in the greatest sermon that he ever preached. As the crowds gathered to hear this rural rabbi from Nazareth begin to preach what has come to be known as his kingdom sermon found in Matthew's chapters 5 through 7, Jesus shocked and, and amazed his hearers. His teaching was so topsy-turvy. It, it didn't add up. It was radical. It was revolutionary. But the truth is, Jesus was the only one living in reality. Everybody else was flying upside down. I read a few years ago about a fighter pilot practicing high-speed maneuvers. She pulled back on the controls for what she thought would be a steep ascent and flew into the ground. She had lost perspective. She was flying upside down. The message of Jesus and his kingdom is that those of us who are flying according to the ways of this world are flying upside down. And it's just a matter of time before we crash. Do you remember how Jesus concludes his sermon about God's kingdom, the Sermon on the Mount? He tells the story of two builders. One of them builds a house on sand. Actually, it was a dry riverbed that seemed like a good place to build. But when the rainy season came, it became a raging river that swept the house away. The other builder, on the other hand, chose to build on a firm foundation, a foundation of rock, so that when the rainy season came, his structure stood. Then Jesus said, those who listen to what I'm saying, and who diligently observe and practice my teaching, well, they're like the builder who built on the rock. And those who do not, well, the floods are coming, and, and what they've built will be swept away like children building sandcastles on the seashore during ebb tide. But when the waters rise and the tides come in, they're swept away. 
recently I came across Microsoft finder Steve Jobs' final words. Maybe you've heard them, but they're, they're worth repeating. Here's what he says. At 56 years of age, dying of pancreatic cancer, here's what this worldly successful billionaire had to say. I reached the pinnacle of success in the business world. In others' eyes, my life is an epitome of success. However, aside from my work, I have little joy. In the end, wealth is only a fact of life that I am accustomed to. At this moment, lying on the sickbed and recalling my whole life, I realize that all the recognition and wealth that I took so much pride in have paled and become meaningless in the face of impending death. You can employ someone to drive the car for you, make money for you, but you cannot have someone to bear the sickness for you. Material things lost can be found, but there is one thing that can never be found when it's lost, life. When a person goes into the operating room, he will realize that there is only one book that is yet to finish reading, the book of healthy life. Whichever stage in life we are right now, with time, we will face the day when the curtain comes down. Treasure love for your family, love for your spouse, love for your friends. Treat yourself well. Cherish others. As we grow older and hence wiser, we slowly realize that wearing a $300 or $30 watch, they both tell the same time. Whether we carry a $300 or $30 wallet or handbag, the amount of money inside is the same. Whether we drive a $150,000 car or a $30,000 car, the road and distance is the same, and we get to the same destination. Whether we drink a bottle of $300 or $10 wine, the hangover is the same. Whether the house we live in is 300 or 3,000 square feet, loneliness is the same you will realize your true inner happiness does not come from the material things of this world. Whether you fly first class or economy class, if the plane goes down, you go down with it. Therefore, I hope you realize when you have mates, buddies, and old friends, brothers and sisters who you can chat with, laugh with, talk with, have sing songs with, talk about north, south, east, west, or heaven and hell, that is true happiness. Steve Jobs, final words. What does it profit a person, asked Jesus, if he or she gains the whole world but loses their soul? That is the essence of who they are, their life, their integrity, their sense of well-being, their character. How do we keep from losing our soul? How do we keep from flying into the ground, from building our lives on dry riverbeds? We do it by going on the hunt, <laughs> by diligently seeking the pearls of the wisdom and the ways of God's kingdom. But the question naturally is, well, where do we start? Well, why not begin where Jesus begins? Why not seek the pearl of poverty? Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. 
Those were Jesus' first words in his Sermon on the Mount. There has been so much said and, and written over the centuries about this first beatitude of Jesus. But what I'd like to do in this first podcast of season five is to help you see just how impoverished those who live by and follow the ways of this world really are. Do you remember the words of Jesus to the church in Laodicea? Spoken in Revelation chapter 3, verse 17, he says, You say I am rich, I've prospered and grown wealthy and have need of nothing, but you do not know that you are wretched and miserable and poor, blind and naked. Can I tell you the truth? That's the first step in discovering the pearls of great price that our Lord Jesus offers us. It begins with a a Steve Jobs-type revelation and recognition. It begins with understanding how poor we really are, with recognizing how misplaced our priorities are. And for most of us, actually, I think for all of us, we can't really do that on our own. We, We need help. Listen to what Jesus goes on to say to the church at Laodicea. After he tells them of their pitiful, impoverished condition, he says, I counsel you to buy from me gold that has been refined, that has been heated red hot by fire, so that you may become truly rich, you may find real wealth. Now, I want you to think about what Jesus is saying here, and and I got to warn you, you're not going to like it. Buy gold, he says, gold refined by fire. Gold is mined. It's taken from the ground. But when it's taken from the ground, it's filled with impurities. And the only way to purge those impurities is to thrust that gold into the furnace, into the fire. (laughs) Joni Mitchell was right. We are stardust. We are golden, as she sings in her song, Woodstock. We're golden, all of us. We were created that way by God, but because of the fall... Because of sin, we are, all of us, filled with impurities. The image of God is there. It's in every one of us. It's golden, but it's covered up by the impurities of sin and sinful ways of thinking and living, flying upside down. And the truth is there's only one way for those impurities to be purged. They must be burned away by the fire. And nobody I know asked to be placed in the fire. But when Jesus counsels us to buy gold refined by the fire, I think that what he's saying is that you and I have to be willing to pay the price to see the pearls. And again, just to be honest, none of us really is willing to do that. We we need help. We need divine help. And that's why God allows and uses the painful experiences that all of us inevitably encounter in life to help purge the impurities in us. To teach us, as Paul says in 2 Corinthians 12, verse 10, when I am weak, then I am strong. Life goes on day by day. We have our routines, our schedules, and we we rarely stop to really think about the things that matter, the really important things in life, the, the pearls of great price. But when our routine is interrupted by pain and crisis, we're given the opportunity, well, to reflect on what really matters in life. 
and often to reassess our priorities, our perspective. Let's not wait until we're on our deathbed like Steve Jobs to reassess the lives we've lived. Let's begin now. I hope you'll listen to these podcasts weekly as as together we learn about these pearls of great price that demonstrate the wisdom of God and His ways. And so I want to ask you today, will you join me on the hunt for the pearls? This is Dan Armistead. Thanks for listening. This has been Church on the Edge with Dan Armistead, rethinking what church is and what church should be. If you like this episode, please leave a review at your preferred podcast provider, and you can find out more about this podcast as well as my articles, coming books, and more at danarmistead.com. And remember, it's all about Jesus and following Him as His church on the edge.